it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. The Butterfield Bermuda Championship is ongoing. Liv is in Miami doing all sorts of Miami things. Our guest is an award-winning PGA pro from Philly. And uh, Wade, get your costume ready. No tricks, all treats this afternoon on The Pro Show. Let that song breathe enough, sure. there, my friend. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome, Welcome to Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend. Also, World Series weekend. It is. It yeah. is. It is. I am. Uh, I'm beyond nauseous with all of this. But you know what, though, I will say this much. Uh, I'm going to jump right in here and just say, I give a guy like Bryce Harper all the credit in the world. Sure. Right? Because I've been through as a Yankee fan, and you yourself as well. I've been through enough guys who have had great regular seasons. They've been MVP-type guys, and then we get to the playoffs, and it's like since the Jeter days, they just, where are they? You right. know? Yep. And this guy shows up uh, game after game, and he's getting it done. So, you know, I, it's, uh, I hate Houston more. Because mm-hmm. they cheat. Yes. So, There's still cheaters left in that team. Oh. Looking at you, Bregman Altuve. Not only that, but I mean, like, when were they ever, like, penalized, right? No. For what they did. The players? No. The, the players, players weren't. Oh, no, yeah. first of Come weren't. on. Anyway, we're not here to talk about baseball. But Monday, you talk about Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday, well, tonight starts the World Series, but they, they'll be in Philly on Monday. And to all my Philly friends or whatever, good luck, congratulations, and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, Halloween itself... Looks like it might get a little wet weather on Monday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, it looks dicey. A little, little sketch. Too much for the kids. You know, I, I said to my son this week, I said, what are you going to wear for a costume? He's like, I don't need a costume. <laughs> I was like, but this is an institution. I'm like, oh, and you have to wear a costume. He's like, yeah. I'll put on a jersey and uh, be a basketball player. I was like, yeah, come on, man. Something. Come you on, come, you got to do something here. You come to my house not, without a costume. You know what? You're going to get the candy because that's fine. But show some effort. I'm, yeah, I, I'm not going to smile when I give it to you. I'm like, here, here's some candy. Trust me when I tell you, there's one thing that happens for my kids in my house, and that's effort, right? Okay. It will right. come to it, yes. We, we will come to a point. Okay. It will all come to a head, and um, we'll get it done. Very we'll good. get it done. There's no doubt about that. And you know what? We're talking to a guy today that gets it done, and that's my man, Dean Candle. He's the vice president of the Golf Business Network, and he's in charge of their professional development and education. And that's a fancy way of saying that as the golf industry is pivoting right now and transitioning, whether it came from COVID or the service industry in general across the board, whether you're in like, you know, hotel and food and, and, and beverage and all these different things, the service industry is going through a huge transition wall to wall across the world. And Dean is at the forefront of all this. He was when he was the head pro at St. David's for a period of time and uh, award-winning golf professional, uh, 2020 Philadelphia section PGA professional of the year. So um, he and I share that title at one point in our career. So I I can't wait to talk to him. He's a very, very fun guy. He's very super thoughtful and we're going to have some fun with him. There's no doubt about that. Speaking of fun this week, Mm -hmm. right? When it comes down to read the line, Mm -hmm. I got to give you a quick update. TikTok, it can't be any more fun. 
All right. Read the line this week. We crossed 10,000 followers on oh, yeah? TikTok. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. A, a billion people can't be wrong that are on there. Okay. And we've got 10,000 of them and their attention. And uh, we're, we're having more and more fun all the time doing those things. And people notice this stuff. There, I, Mr. Wade I smile every time you say TikTok, though, because I just fixed you doing a little TikTok dance. Oh, you should have seen the one that I did last night for the Friday Five. Oh, you yeah. know, um, there's a viral one, uh, the outfield song, yeah. uh, lip sync or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure you'll cue that up <laughs> and, and while I'm doing the interview or something and take a look at that or probably play that song later. Sure, but sure, but anyway, sure. um, but uh, my point being is that people pay attention to these things. And uh, we had a little fun this week because the PGA Tour called up and they asked me to do uh, a little content for them, you know. OK. A storytelling in uh in a uh, betting vertical. And uh, so that's a big deal because the world's largest tour, uh, most professional tour at this point, you know, it's not golf, but louder. It's, it's golf, but real golf. The world's most professional tour. Yeah. It's like that's what we've come to. We have to identify ourselves. So you well, know I, who we are. I am a PGA professional. I, <laughs> yes. I don't claim to be one on the radio, but um, my, my original trade, uh, there's no doubt about that. And, Try to uphold the uh, the statutes of the game to a certain degree. Now, everybody knows as the director of fun, I like to have fun. And we're going to insert that as much as we can into the storytelling that I do do for the PGA Tour. But yes. this is a, a foot in the door type of thing because um, as Read the Line continues to grow and mm -hmm. just blow my mind at the number. I mean, 10,000 people on TikTok. That's amazing. In 10 months. That's like that's 12 like, wins. That's like Kanye numbers. Oh, don't. No, 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 no. no. Well, better than him now. Yeah. You know, I mean, you want to talk real quickly about this clown, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Um, my son, to go back to him, I mean, this episode, I guess, is all about Owen. Uh, he's a huge sneakerhead, right? And maybe okay. I've mentioned this before. Like the Yeezys? Yeah. I mean, he likes them all. That's right? fine. Hey, look, Kanye makes nice clothes. He, I'm not going to... And he's a good musician. Well, he's not making them for anybody anymore. No, he's not. He I did, know. though. I, well, he did at one time. So Adidas dropped him this week for... Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they talk about the... Um, anti-Semitic comments or whatever, but I mean, there's a list, there's, like, a, there's a laundry yeah, list, yeah, get a clipboard yeah, yeah. out, right? For the amount of things they could have dropped them for, but everyone complained that it took them a little while to drop Kanye. And they were like, well, why is that? And I was like, man, I'm like, oh, and look it up. How much, how much money did they sell in Yeezy shoes? Right? So it, yeah. as it turns out, right, it's like a $1.8 billion in business, right? Okay. Yep. And uh, it's like 8% of Adidas's annual revenue, right? It's mm. you know they're, they're, they said they're going to lose a lot. They're going to lose a lot. Oh, my, so I mean they're basically making a I don't know to get rid of him a hundred billion dollar decision yeah. long term, long term, right? That's like so. Um, I mean, I guess you got to be pretty crazy to get to get you know. He called him out though. He challenged him. He said he basically said I can be anti-Semitic and Adidas can't cancel me. They can't. Well, they did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean. Then he went to Skechers, and then they're like, security! Oh, I know. Yeah, that's another great story. Anyway, I mean, I mean, if you want to get into pop culture, I mean, we could do a whole show about it. Uh, but I am proud of the fact that the PGA Tour reached out and that we're partnering yeah. up and we're doing some work with Read the Line. It's very, very cool. So that's a nice little segue over to the leaderboard over in the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Yes, right. The, the men are playing. Uh, the LPGA is off this week, but the men are playing over in Bermuda, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take oh, you. All right. And um, they had a little bit of a storm heading their way. So they, they kind of got in between. You know, Bermuda's not a big place. So somehow they got in a little pocket yesterday and they had some decent weather for golf. And boy, were they playing some golf. Um, 109 
of the 131 guys that played uh, were under par. Mm. Uh, mm. John Daly in the field. Yes, the John Daly. Sure. The one that looks like Santa Claus. He, <laughs> John uh, Candy. <laughs> yeah. He he shot even. He was not one of them, but 109 guys. So check this out, right? Um, two guys tied for first. Uh, Austin Smotherman, Harrison Endicott. They both shot 62, which is nine under par. Then we had five guys tied for third at eight under 63. We had eight more guys tied for eighth at seven under 64. If you shot five under, Right. Six, uh, uh-huh. No, four under. If you shot four under 67, you were tied for 54th. I mean, four under is pretty good. <laughs> yes. You know, four well, under is pretty good. You're not um, sniffing the top. Usually I like to go over the notables in the field. Unfortunately, there aren't any. Um, so we'll and so I digress. We'll move on. But uh, a really good opportunity. You know, a lot of people make fun of this event. But at the end of the day, some guy maybe named Austin Smotherman, maybe named Adam Long, some some name that you've never heard is going to get an invitation to the Masters. Okay, you're right, sure. All right, so conventionally, there's one way you can do it. You can go out on tour, and you can try to be top 50 in the world, and you can try to take on the Rory's of the world and do all of this. Um, or y- you can just win the Bermuda event, which has four of the top 100-ranked players in the world. Right. You can get $1.17 million. And Not bad. you can get 500 FedEx Cup points and then you can go to the Masters. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, uh, um, I, I actually think it's a pretty easy way for someone to get into the Masters, considering how tight that field is of 90 and, you know, so on and so forth. Now, um, speaking of tight fields uh, down in Miami, Doral, of all places, owner Donald Trump. So cue the cue, cue your Trump impression coming down the road here. We have a $50 million purse for the Live Golf Team Championship, which began earlier this afternoon. They did a 12-15 shotgun. Um, they couldn't do the noon one because they were still setting up the closest to the pins and getting the cars out on the golf course for the hole-in-ones. So they're going to do a 12-15 shotgun, and uh, they are down at Doral, um, the famous Blue Monster, and they have this team championship thing designed Um I actually, I've run a lot of golf tournaments in my day, probably over a thousand. And um, I had to read through this a couple times just to make sure that I understood it all. Right. But they have eight teams overall. Yes. Eight teams of four. Does that make sense? No. It's 32 if that helps. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, one, two, no. No, there's eight teams playing in the quarterfinals in order to play the four other teams that got to buy. There's 12 teams of four because there's 48 players. Thank You're you. Confusing me. Continue. I, I, yeah, I use an app for all of that right there. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, this is the whole deal. In the quarters, you've got the teams playing one another, but here's how the matches break down. So, when the Smash plays the Niblicks, um, you're going to get. The two captains play one another in a singles match. Then they the captains choose another guy to play a singles match against the other team. And then they have the last two guys on their team play an alternate shot format match against the other team. The Smash versus the Niblicks, uh, that pits Brooks against uh, Harold Varner III. You know, we've got the Majestics versus the Ironheads. Ian Poulter versus Kevin Na. You know, honestly, um, I have a root canal, so I can't watch that. I was like looking forward to it. Did you schedule the root canal once you found out? This, what yeah, this pretty much. Be? The Torque versus the Cliques. I'm not. I'm literally not making these names up. Okay, and neither did Kanye. All right. The High Flyers versus the Punch. This is the big one, right? The High Flyers, which is headed up by Phil. He's playing Cam Smith, the number two player in the world. Um, these guys did all this sorts of trash talk the other day during their press conference and everything. It right. was it was so forced. Smackdown. I mean, they should 
they should What time did you add on that golf course? Uh, I mean, you know, Brooks is like, hey, Phil, do you remember when you were number one? Oh, you weren't. Ho, ho, ho. And then Phil's like, hey, where's your green jacket? I'm at your green shirt. You know, it's like it's ridiculous. And OK, so now the winners of those matches in today's shotgun format, um, they go into a drawing tonight with a magician at the member guest. No, that's a different <laughs> event. Sorry. They could then play tomorrow in the same format in the semifinals. With these two singles matches, captain versus captain, and then a pick another one, and then the alternate shot uh, team matches um, against the four teams that have a bye, and then the four teams that are left over for Sunday, they then go out and they play. This this is a great one, right? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about just really putting <laughs> putting making this fun, okay? There's four guys on every team, and in all of the team events so far, all the different events that we've seen in London and Boston and in uh, Trump Bedminster, all these different places, yep. right? It's been you count the best three scores of the four. So you can drag somebody along. Um, Pat Perez comes to mind, right? Because he's on a team that has been winning everything. And the guys, he's playing like Phil. Anyway, on Sunday, the four teams that remain are all going to play 18 holes, stroke play, and all four scores count. And the low team then becomes the year. Empire Strikes Back team of the century. And they that team, of all things, is gonna win four million a player. Wow. Four million a player. The sixteen million to the first place team. All right. Um, if you finish ninth through twelfth, which means that you get eliminated today on Friday, and then right. you could probably just go clubbing with Brooks and South Beach <laughs> or something like that and Jenna Sims, you get you get a quarter of a million dollars per player. Wow. You get if you get to the finals on Sunday, you're guaranteed fourth place is a million dollars a guy. Wow. A million you get a million. You get a million. A million, million dollars a guy. That's it's unbelievable. You didn't make that. You didn't try and make that sound extra complicated, right? <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, and I mean, here's the thing. Uh, it's not on TV. Um, people still don't know where to find it. And then on top of all of that, if you tuned in in the middle of a shotgun, you're going to have two different formats taking place, all of which are match play. You're used to watching stroke play and. Again, I'm trying to make this easier on everyone sure, to understand. Sure, sure. And um, I, I don't know. It, but it's golf, but louder. It's golf, but it's louder. It's definitely louder. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have Trump involved. You know, he loves the live. It's, love uh, that makes sense. Love yeah. the live. <laughs> love, love the live. I, I mean, um, it, what's what's most interesting to me or what will be most interesting to me is that the Butterfield Bermuda Championship will be on on Sunday. All right. And this is probably... And I'm not picking on anybody here, but uh, we've talked about the strength of field already. But you talk about maybe the John Deere. You talk about the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. You talk about some of these secondary ones, the one in Puerto Rico, the one in Punta Cana that go against um, the Barbasol, that go against other actual PGA Tour events that are happening. They're, sec- they're called secondary events, right? All of those still get a certain amount of audience. Mm-hmm. What will be interesting this weekend on Sunday will be to see the finals of the Live Golf Team Championship viewing right, versus, versus versus the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Because the only people that are going to be watching on a Sunday in the fall are avid golf fans. Sure. Okay. Because you got the football you and got the baseball. Well, not tomorrow, but you know, when we, we talked Sunday, I mean. when we talked about the um Trump Bedminster in July versus the Rocket Mortgage, which the Rocket Mortgage is a great event out there in Detroit. What they've done for the city and everything is amazing, right? The, what did they average? They averaged, I think it was right around 100K in viewers on Sunday for Trump Bedminster on okay. YouTube. And they had 2.5 million watching the Rocket Mortgage on Sunday. Okay. Right. Well, you know, I mean, so it's not <clears throat> even close. No. Right. But no. it would be interesting this week 
to continue to try to be um, as fair in our appreciation of both sides of what each each is trying to go through. You know, the PGA Tour is trying to, you know, continue this fall tradition for at least one more year. And they have this event and there's really not a lot of big names there. And they have a, a ton of huge names. You, got, you know, Phil, DJ, Cam Smith, yep. Brooks, uh, you know, Bryson. Is, we didn't mention Bryson. I, I'm, I'm not sure what team he's on. Uh, maybe the High Flyers or something. I don't, anyway, so it, my the point being. Cole Medina's. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah. The funky Cole Medina's. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Right. Why not? <laughs> um, one other thing, quick, quick to mention here in the opening before we get to Dean, yes, is that uh, next week I'm excited because we're going to talk to the guys that run the Inspiration Golf Driving Range, which is Ooh. the spot that I talk about week in and week out uh, by our very proud sponsors. Um, one, we're proud to work with them, and they're proud to work with us. We love to talk about the New Jersey Golf Foundation all the time. Yes, that's the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Uh, we're going to go join them next week. We're going to talk to their head pro up there, Andy Brock. Excellent. We're going to talk to um, one of their volunteers, uh, PGA volunteer. I, I can't wait. Um, we're going to find out all the, you know, because they just opened it in March, and we're going to find out all the great things that they've been doing all, all year at the Inspiration Golf Range, which is located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township. It is the home site of golf programs for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Open to the public. Proceeds from the Inspiration Range will support foundation programs and events. We know this. To learn more, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Quarter past three here in New York, maybe even a little later. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with one of golf's most innovative leaders, Dean Candle. To the shindig, chop chop. He says I'm gonna win big. Choose not a life of imitation. Sean Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The Inspiration Golf Range, located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernard's Township, is buzzing as the new home site for golf programs in support of youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Led by PGA professionals, PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere, is a weekly rehabilitative golf program for veterans that is changing and saving lives. Special Olympics New Jersey golf athletes will be trained and competing at the Inspiration Range throughout the fall season, and a lineup of youth programs will also be on the schedule. The Inspiration Golf Range is open to the public and proceeds support the New Jersey Golf Foundation programming. To learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920 on this funky Friday afternoon. Dean Candle has a servant's heart. The 2020 Philly PGA Professional of the Year pivoted his career in order to shake things up. The industry needed innovation, and he had the courage to lead. He's now helping PGA professionals nationwide improve their careers and quality of life. Pay attention today. Here comes the Dean of Leadership.
Wade Weezer, you know the way to my heart is straight through Jerry and the boys. There's no doubt about that. But when we did our homework on our guest today, I found out that he's a fan of the dead as well. So let's welcome on Dean Candle to the pro show. Dean, good afternoon. How are you doing this afternoon, my friend? Well, I'm doing great now, Keith. Thanks for having me on. Just, you know, getting down a little bit to a little shakedown street. Appreciate that. Hey, man, you know, when I find out that anyone that's coming on the show, I and they and I find out they like the dead at all. I am like in my glory. Um, it, it's actually more difficult sometimes because there's such a there's such a library and inventory of songs with which to go to. Um, but I thought that that one was appropriate because of how you're shaking things up in the golf world. And I love what you're up to and I love what you're doing. And let's jump right into this because I know that you have had an amazing 2022. I've seen all the things that you're doing online. I love them. Right. But we're getting to that point in the year where you got to sum things up, my friend. When you start to think about your 2022, can you sum it up? Like, what, what? Give me one word to sum up your year. Well, I think obviously, you know, the, my year has been different, much different than a, what I was used to for the last 20 years working at clubs. Um, if I think about one word, I think it's reconnected. Uh, I've had an opportunity to reconnect with some things and some people that I haven't had a chance to do, you know, for, for a long time. So that's been really good for me. I mean, you know what the obligations are for a golf professional at a club and how that can distract you from other important things in your life, you know, such as family and what's going on at home. So uh, that's been really cool for me to reconnect and, uh, and make sure that, you know, I'm a, a, as good a dad as I can be and husband um, so that's been fun. Really, really one of the best parts of my, my 2022 for sure. Well, you know what? I, I'm also happy being reconnected with you this year. I'm fired up that we're friends. And I think about that word now reconnect. What if we reconnect back to you in December of 2021, right? You're about to step away from doing something you've been labeled as a golf pro or a club pro, um, for the last couple decades, right? And now you're about to walk away and you're about to change your identity. If you were going to give some advice, I love playing these games, right? If you were going to give yourself some advice last December with what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Looking back, I think that one thing I, I, I didn't know that I was going to need so much of was probably patience. You know, I was used to, I, I knew what I was doing, you know, for years at the club. Uh, if you wanted to make a change, I knew how to implement it. And what I was jumping into was something new, not only just new for me, but new for my company, Golf Business Network, um, that I work for now. And so it's taken a lot of patience to be able to build something uh, a little bit from the ground up, The you know, what I'm doing, the professional development side. So I've certainly needed to learn some patience. So I would have given myself that uh, that reminder in December of last year, like, hey, be patient, be ready to work hard, be ready to, to grind it out. But if you do that and you have some patience, things should work out in the end. Man, I wish you talked to me in December of 2020 <laughs> because that would be the perfect word, man. Oh, man, I, I love that. I love that. All right. So to give my listeners a little bit of background and folks, if you're just tuning in right now, we have Dean Candle with us. He was the former pro down at St. David's there in Philly. And now he is the vice president over the Golf Business Network. And he's working on golf professional development and all sorts of fun, innovative things over there. Um, talk to me about golf. You went to Penn State for the professional golf management program. How did you end up there? 
And then, you know, from there, it seems like you're going to be a club pro, right? Briefly take me through, give me the Reader's Digest version of, of, you know, how it all started and, and how you got involved in the club pro business. Well, when I go back to that time at Penn State, I, I say if pe- people that knew me then, if they see me now, they would think that I would be the last person that would be helping golf pros build their careers and, and, and help them with their professional development because I was actually a guy that got into the golf management program and left the program a couple years into it. Now, I started in that program excited. I knew I wanted to go to Penn State. I loved playing golf. I put those two together jumped into the program, thought this is what I wanted to do. And two years into it, I said, you know what? I don't think I want to be a golf pro. I'm not sure what I want to do, but I'm pretty sure I don't want to be a golf pro. So I changed my major. I ended up with a history degree. And having gotten away from golf for a couple of years and, and trying a few different things, I was actually able to see the other side and realize the grass wasn't greener on the other side and that golf was truly what I wanted to do which really gave me the motivation and the assurance that I was doing the right thing by the time I graduated college to get in as a golf professional, started at a daily fee club, worked my way through the PGA program on my own that way rather than through the golf management school. So I often chuckle when I talk to the people at at Penn State PGM. I said, has anybody ever left and come back to being a golf pro? I believe I'm still the only one that's ever done that. But um, so that's the irony of, of my story and then spending 20 years at clubs and now helping golf pros hopefully get better. All right. So let's break it down then what you're doing currently, because I think it's pretty cool. Uh, golf pros, like so many people in the service industry, uh, they get, they're very busy right now. They're extremely busy. Um, there's not a lot of staffing. And if you are in one of those roles, you're basically like a one arm paper hanger. I mean, you're just, you're just running, you know, ragged 24 7 365 and you know what you're trying to do let's let's break this down for a little bit you know mm-hmm. essentially um what's the mission behind your role at the golf business network let's start there my mission is is really it's twofold one i want to help golf professionals get better at their job uh, from a leadership standpoint from an organization standpoint, from a communication standpoint, a lot of the skills that we don't get direct training on, but as you know, are so critical to being successful in these roles. So I want to help them get better and more confident uh, in in their roles through those areas, leadership, communication, organization, so that they're more valuable to their club, so they're better leaders to the people around them, so they can improve their lives and produce better results for their club, uh, so that their jobs get better, and hopefully helps bring people into our industry. And that's the other part of what I'm doing is on a recruiting role, helping clubs recruit golf professionals to their facilities to fill roles for assistant professionals or merchandisers, other people on their golf staff. And as we know, just as in every other labor market right now, it's, it's tough. We're, we're struggling to recruit into this industry, but I'm doing the best I can to help clubs fill those roles. So it's really, it's those two things. It's, it's, creating, you know, better retention by creating more skilled and talented golf professionals and then helping people recruit. And then hopefully they're producing results for their clubs. When it comes to the pitch right now, what is it that you're saying? What, what's, what's your opener there? What's your elevator speech to grab someone's attention? On the recruiting side, you know, we want to, we want to pitch development 
right? So here's what you're going to get by coming to work at this facility with this golf professional or with this team with career advancement and career development. You know, perks are great and everything, and we need more perks for jobs in the golf industry. But we want people coming into it because they're going to be nurtured and they're going to be mentored and they're going to be able to um, to grow and develop in that position. That's the pitch on the recruiting side. And then on the, the leadership development side, the pitch is, hey, right now, if you're not a capable, effective, and sometimes great leader, you're going to have trouble retaining people on your team. And, you're, and ultimately, when that happens, then you're going to have trouble recruiting. So we don't have the opportunity to be ineffective leaders anymore and get away with it. Previously in the golf industry, we did, as you know, Keith, but we need to be great leaders all around for all the people around us in order uh, to keep this thing moving forward. You know, we have lots of different listeners to this program and not everyone is in the golf industry, but I feel like a lot of what you offer um, is applicable across all verticals. And, you know, I want to jump into this for a second because for two decades you were doing something that was extremely rewarding. But at some point you started to experience or witness some kind of indicators. Right. And I know that there's other people in other fields that are listening to this that, you know, maybe feel like they're kind of in a rut or they're trapped or something like that. What were the types of things that you saw and what should people be looking for in their current career roles that are these like early warning signs that, hey, I I need to start to think about things in a different perspective or maybe maybe changes on the horizon. I mean, how how do you help people? How did you evaluate your own career? And then how do you help others evaluate their careers? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that you have to be really conscious uh, and aware of what your goals are and why those are your goals. You know, so so many just going into the golf industry, but it, this is parallels across so many industries. You know, our, my goal was to become a head golf professional at a nice private club. Okay, that happened just like just like the role that you had, Keith. And so, what, then when you get there, does do your goals change, right? And, we had work to do in that golf operation and we built it up and, and things started moving and, and doing better at the club. So as that happened, I had to reevaluate my goals and, and, and everybody should be doing that constantly and trying to really break down. Why is this a goal of mine? Why is this something I'm pursuing? And am I going to be okay and satisfied when I get there or am I going to want to move on to the next thing? And I found myself, starting to look for building some side projects on my own. And that's what I ended up doing was building a side project, which morphed into a website and a podcast and, and producing content. And as I, as I got more involved in that, I found myself realizing, Hey, I, this is something I like doing stuff uh, on my own. I like building things. I like, I like trying to, to make things work. Um, and seeing if I can if I can market these ideas and get the word out, and so I started to pursue being able to do that full time. So, you know, I you know I was honest with myself that hey, here I am feeling like I need to do something else, and eventually tried to make that happen as a full time job, and here I am. All right, I want you to be honest with yourself a little more in your current role a year in what about your job brings you the most joy? Well, the, the most exciting part of this job was being able to work with golf professionals and, and try to help them. I'm, 
passionate about the golf industry. I love the golf industry uh, and I love working with golf pros. So when, when I get feedback that, Hey Dean, the content you're producing or the course that I took that, that you put on has really helped me and it's helped me get better at my job or feel more comfortable or lower my stress levels. That's really, that's really what brings me you know, the most joy because I, you know, I want golf professionals to enjoy what they're doing as much as possible. Uh, we need that. Ultimately, that's what's going to help, I think, keep the game of golf where it is right now when we have talented, skilled, and enthusiastic golf pros at, at every club. They're, they're positively impacting golfers everywhere, and that's going to keep the game in this, in this place that we have it now and, and keep us from going back to where we, we had been previously. Well, I know without a doubt this afternoon, you're going to positively impact a lot more people than golf pros. And that's why you're here. But I have to uh, understand the impact of my sponsor. So we have to take a quick break for a second. Could you hold tight for me? Sure thing. All right. Up next, more with GBN's golf pro guru, Dean Candle. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a sec, folks. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a profession, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Dean Candle. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. You know, we all face challenges every day. Our guest today is a remedy man. Listen to his insights, and you'll be better for it going forward. Wade, let's fire it up this weekend. Perfect song as always. Let it rip. It's always a fabulous Friday afternoon when we have a rock and roll fan as our guest. And Dean Candle, he's bringing the thunder there like the Black Crows. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's bringing some remedies, too. Dean, welcome back to the show this afternoon. Uh, we are rocking out on this Friday afternoon. I appreciate the inspiration for today's playlist, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Keith. I love that Black Crows cut. 
you're doing great on on the music so far. Well, you know, we take great pride in our playlists every Friday afternoon. And you know what? I know you take a lot of pride in what you do, too. And you've brought a lot of success, not just to yourself over the years, but to those that you've mentored. And I wonder in this world, 2022, that we live in, how do you define success? Because some of these general terms that you and I grew up with seem to evolve over time. So what does success mean to Dean Candle? Ultimately, I, you know, I believe success comes down to the impact that you're making on others. And that's, that's what I try to coach, you know, the people that I speak to about, you know, find out where you're inspired to make an impact. And then the, the wider impact that you can create, the more successful you are. And even if you think success comes down to, to money and compensation, well, then make a wider impact on more people and you'll probably earn more money. But it's certainly the, that money thing isn't the defining factor. You know, that comes along possibly uh, down the road. But it really, it really is about impact, no matter, no matter what your job is and what industry you're in. You know, I used the word earlier, reconnect. And there's no doubt in my mind that you connect with people on an individual basis, not just the entire room. I've seen you do that too as a public speaker, but you are really good at developing a rapport with each individual that you mentor and you work with, right? How do you read people? I mean, so many of us go into meetings or interviews or or just in our own personal relationships. How is it that you are so good at connecting and building a rapport with people? Well, certainly this is something I've had to learn and understand over time. And when I think back to my early days as a manager of a golf operation at a club, I probably wasn't that great at, at connecting uh, with people. But eventually you understand that by, by listening and meeting people where they are and not trying to just spout out what you think is, is correct or just tell them about your path. Let's say you're mentoring somebody and all you do is tell them about what you did and why this is the right way to do things, that's not really what people want to hear. You need to be, you know, I think empathy is a big word there, showing empathy, understanding their situation, first and foremost. It really goes back to that old adage, you know, is, is show people that you care, and, and, then, um, and then you're able to connect with them. And then when you do want to try to make an impact on them by explaining things to them or making recommendations, they're much more apt to take that to heart because they, they've seen that you care and you understand where they're coming from. Understand where they're coming from, making recommendations. You know, we're coming in, well, pretty much right now, 24-7 is the hiring season when it comes to golf professionals. And for so many other different industries, um, people are hiring and, and people are looking for jobs all the time. People are transitioning. And I know that you dig deep into a number of these topics and to get into maybe some details and some specifics rather than, you know, staying at this macro level that we keep talking about. I want to have some fun for a second, right? Because I know that you, yeah. you, career counsel, a ton of people when it comes to interviewing skills and resume building and all, you know, in that, that whole arena. Um, what's let's have some fun here for a second, right? Yeah. When you look at resumes, what's the best thing you can do and what's the worst thing you can do? Well, starting off with the worst, I think the worst thing that we all know that you can do on a resume is lie or try to be, you know, misleading on a resume. <laughs> and I do I do still see that from time to time. Maybe it's omitting a job that you spent a short time at trying to 
cover that up. Certainly, we can't do any of that. You know, it used to be, you know, if there was a typo on a resume, you know, we'd throw that one right into the garbage. You know, well, with the, the labor market these days, you know, we, we have to overlook small things like that uh, because we're, we're really searching for candidates beyond, you know, just what it says on their resume. So, uh, but certainly you don't want to, you don't want to have a sloppy resume with tons of typos on it. And in this day and age, what I'm finding really a lot of candidates aren't doing is they're, you know, get online and use a simple resume template to make your resume look attractive, right? There's really no excuse to not do that. It's free. It's easy. It takes five minutes to find a decent template and to make your resume just from a standard Word doc into something that's, that's more attractive. Uh, you know, we don't deal with a lot of ATS, you know, applicant tracking systems here in our industry. So we don't have issues with formatting resumes and things like that. The best thing you can do, though, is one, don't try to overdo it. It should only be one or two pages, if you're, especially if you're early in, in your work career. But have numbers, have details, have specifics about what you accomplished. That's what your resume is a list of accomplishments. It's not a list of job duties and tasks. So you have to be thinking about your resume every day at work so that you have accomplishments, you have things that you've improved or made better by X percent or by Y dollars so that you have those things to put on your resume. So if the first time you're thinking about doing your resume is the time that you sit down to apply for a job, it's gonna to be tough to do that. So always be thinking about what's going on your resume and produce results in your current role that are gonna make your resume stand out. You know, that's a pretty important career building technique right there. And it doesn't matter what you do for a living. I mean, that that sort of mindset um, is a paradigm shift for most people to start to think about how it is that um, I portray myself at work on a day in and day out basis, right? Um, give me maybe a more specific example of a career building technique that I could add to my resume, right? That I could start doing today, that I could start doing this week at work. Well, I mean, think about your, the scope of your position and make a list of what all your, your, I coach people to make a list of their three R's, their role, their responsibilities and their results. So we, the roles are, those are all the hats that we wear at work. Now, you know, Keith, in, in the golf industry, as a head golf professional or assistant, we wear many hats, right? And we're teachers, we're coaches, we're event uh, coordinators, we're merchandisers, we're sometimes business owners. So what are all your roles? What are the responsibilities, the tasks that go involved in that? And then what are the results that you're supposed to produce through each one of those roles? And then set goals for yourself. You know, what, how much are you gonna improve these results that you're paid to produce? And those are what's going to go on your resume. And if you have five, six, or seven of those, just as the bullet points that go underneath this current job that you're in, your resume is going to be at another level. Right? So be intentional about the results you're trying to produce and know which ones matter to your company and to your facility. Don't spend time trying to produce results that, that they don't care about. Understand what's important and then drive those results because not only will it improve your resume, but you'll be more valuable to who you work for right now and potentially more valuable to other companies down the road. Folks, that's the reason why Dean Candle's here this afternoon. That's why he was professional of the year. This guy is all about leading others in order to empower themselves, to make the most, make the most of their careers. And 
you know, you talk about setting goals and that happens around the, you know, the end of the year, the beginning of the year. And for a couple of years now, the largest congregation of golf professionals happens in Orlando every January. And it's been kind of on pause because of COVID and, and other challenges. Right. But it looks like, you know, we're almost back to full force in what's going to happen this January. And I know that you're going to be down there. What can you give us a preview of what your message is going to be? for 2023 as far as our industry and the types of things that you're looking forward to? Yeah, sure. I think the conversation is still going to be a lot of what it was last year. We talked a lot about trying to recruit people, not only just to, to your, your golf facility, but to our industry as a whole. That was the big conversation last year. What are we going to do about recruiting people? Because every club was busy since this COVID boom with golfers and, and, and it's really, uh, golf pros that are working at clubs are, start, are, are struggling in some cases uh, with trying to manage this new influx of golfers with, without having the appropriate amount of staff. But I, now we should be going beyond that. Okay, so it's, we're seeing compensation. Thankfully, we're seeing compensation in the golf industry go up. Clubs and, and golf course owners are understanding we can't get away with what we used to get away with. People deserve more. And they're more valuable than what we were paying them in the past. That's all well and good. But the message this year really gets back to leadership. And if you're not an, an exceptional, in most cases, leader at your facility, whether you're the general manager or you're the director of golf or the head golf professional or even an assistant, you know, and this is, this is across industries too. I'm, we're focusing on golf. If you're not an exceptional leader, you will not be able to retain great people in on your team. And when that word gets out, you won't be able to recruit great people to your team anymore. So leadership is such a big word that encompasses so much, but, you know, simply thinking about the culture you produce, the way you connect with the people on your team, the way you communicate with the people on your team. And then as a leader, your ability to do your job, your competency, we talk about those four C's of leadership. If you're not exceptional in those four areas, you're going to struggle to, to, to keep people on your team. And in this day and age, you can't lose good people because they're just tough to find. So that's the message. Let's go beyond the perks and the compensation and start building great cultures at our facilities, which will ultimately help the golf industry and help grow the game of golf. Folks, are you kidding me? Right? That's why this guy's the man. He's unbelievable. And I could talk about this. You know, Dean, I could pick your brain for hours and it would benefit everyone that's listening, uh, even uh, so many of us and, and far beyond the reaches of of just golf. There's no doubt about that. And if you're a CEO or somebody out here listening, you got to get somebody like Dean Candle to come talk to your people and create the kind of culture that he's mentioning right here. How can folks that are listening to this either get in touch with you or continue to follow this amazing storytelling behind leadership, behind career advancement, development, all these things that you, these wonderful things that you do. How can people follow, get in touch and connect or, or reconnect with you? Sure. Thanks, Keith. Uh, simply, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Dean Candle, it's Candle with K. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Let's connect on there. Any golf professionals, go to golfbusinessnetwork.com. See what GBN can do to help you in your career, help you at, at your facility, help your team. Uh, we'd love to connect with you there. Uh, and those are really, you know, the, the two major places. I have a podcast called Getting Better Now where we talk. Yes, it's kind of same conversation. 
It's centered around golf, but these are bigger conversations about leadership and management. I love talking to successful CEOs and authors, people outside of the golf industry on getting better now. So you can find that wherever you're listening to your podcast. Man, I tell you, I could ask you a million questions just about the resources that you use all the time in order to learn and improve yourself. Um, But this is live radio and there's only so much time. And there's one more thing that you know I have to do. You know me well enough and you know this show that we're going to have a little fun. We're going to do a little rapid fire Q&A because talking about leadership and, and career enhancement is uh, is easy for you. So, you know, we got to challenge you a little bit this afternoon. You up for this? All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. How, how, how about we'll go with maybe an easy one. Uh, fair, favorite Penn State athlete of all time? LeVar Arrington. Easy. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your sense of humor. Oh, if you're asking me, it's at least a 9.5. <laughs> you're about to take a flight from Philly to Los Angeles. Who would you like to sit next to for the entire ride? Wow. Wow. This one, that, that one's pretty tough. Who would I like to sit next to? Um... Anybody who's successful and could give me could give me insight into into why they've been overly successful in in their industry and in their business. I love talking to people about that. One place you'd love to visit on your bucket list? Well, the, let's talk about golf here because everybody has their golf bucket list. I've yet to play Oakmont. I want to. I want to. I want to play Oakmont uh, as soon as possible. If you were reincarnated as an animal, what animal would it be? Wow. What animal would I be? Um, let's, you know, I can't really go with like a lion or, or a tiger. That's not really my style. Um, but, you know, I'd say like, hey, how about a lab? You know, everybody loves a nice lab. Oh, man, I have a lab. Uh, I love that pick. Yeah. All right. Best Halloween costume you ever wore. Well, I used to see I almost every year that I dressed up for Halloween, I was a hockey player so that I could put on rollerblades and get around to more houses. So that was more of a tactical uh, method that I had there. So I, I've got to go with that. Will the Phillies win the World Series? Yes. How Are many? Are you g- kidding me? This run that, that they're on? Yeah. How many games? Going to be six. They're going to surprise people. It's not going to seven, uh, but it's going to get stressful, but they're going to pull it out. This is a magical season. Would you rather give up caffeine or sugar? Sugar. I can't give up caffeine. (laughs) No doubt. One more for you. When you hear the word confidence, who is the first person that comes to mind? Tiger Woods. Ooh. That's a good one. Well, you know what, Dean Candle? You've instilled a ton of confidence in all my listeners this afternoon, as well as myself and Wade here in the studio. I can't thank you enough for all your transparency and sharing all those insights. You're awesome, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Here we go, folks. As the Black Crows come back, we're heading towards 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So you got to wait. It's 650 G's. 
and now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work, but, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns your round into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, the Stick and Act Challenge app is Get the perfect ready way for the bad to add nine. some extra fun to your As golf. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, this afternoon. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Of course, you know what's coming next. The podcast tonight will be posted on all platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon. You can list them all. You want to follow me like everybody else or 10,000 others? Go to Read the Line on TikTok or you can find me at KJ Stewart PGA on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere else. You want to listen to us everywhere else? Go to 920ESPNNewJersey.com and hit that Listen Now button. Now, 12 wins, 10,000 TikTok followers. They all can't be wrong, folks. Go to readtheline.com, subscribe, and get ready for the 2023 season. And, uh, oh, man, this is, this is a vibe. Hit it. Let's roll. You know, this is the song that the kids might be playing on Monday night on Halloween. They might. Yeah, they're predicting a little rain for him, unfortunately. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Man, is there anything more timeless than the Stones? Not much. Not much. You know, speaking of timeless gifts, as we prepare for the holiday season, you know, with it, alongside Amazon, we can't start early enough. You got to get yourself out to TaylorMadeGolf.com and check out the perfect golf gift. Okay. Perfect golf gift. For the golfer in your life, that's right. for sure. Get sure. to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Oh, you weren't kidding about doing that quick. All right. What just happened? Reported by the Fire Pit Collective's Ryan French. An hour after shooting 66 in the first round of the Corn Ferry Tour Q School, Gavin Hall received a phone call that he had been DQ'd a caddy and Hall's group had reached out to a rules official well after the round was over, sealing Hall's fate. Players get DQ'd all the time, but something about this story stinks. Right, there are rules. Writes French. Yeah, there, there are rules. The sixth hole at the Plantation Preserve Golf Club in Plantation, Florida, is a 375-yard par-4 dogleg left with water up the entire left-hand side. Well, according to the tournament director, Brett Gaff, um, Hall hit a ball up the left-hand side and... All three people in his group saw it go in the water. So at that point, he hits another drive and he knocks it down the middle, assuming that the ball had been gone. That ball ends up in the fairway. He gets up there and his own caddy goes over and he finds the ball along the shoreline. He punches that out of the fairway, knocks it on the green, makes the putt, makes par. All is good. He gets on the next tee. There's some chatter amongst this whole hole where different caddies in the group are like, hey, is this all like the way this is supposed to go or whatever? Right, right, right. To see, you know, and, um, you know, had he had he like 
found it and chunked it and hit it off a tree and made like another seven. No one would have said anything, but he made par and, you know, everyone's rooting for their own players and everything. Well, as it, uh, as it turns out, um, once he hit that second drive, he had abandoned his first one. And, um, you know, according to oh, rule seven dash four H eight, um, quadrant two, sure. um, verse Those six. Were the rules. Yes, exactly. Um, the, uh, the caddy afterwards uh, didn't mention anything in the scorer's tent or anything else, but he went and he talked to some people. And of course we all know what happened from there. Those um, were the rules. The fact of the matter is Hall birdied his last three holes and signed for what he thought was a 66. Mm. Nothing was said about the score, the possible um, rules violation or yada, yada, um, the caddy and everything. And uh, nearly an hour after he left his round, Hall got the phone call Oh boy. Yes, from a 66 to a DQ in Q school. Imagine his reaction after that. Whew. And Betty was not happy. Golf can be. I a- hate you. <laughs> yeah. Good. Golf can be a cruel game at times. So kids, moral of the story: know the rules. That's right. All right, I know the rules. Ooh, I love this one. I need some lessons. Well, don't we all? <laughs> the the NFL has determined that a pair of game day officials did not request an autograph from Buccaneers receiver Mike Evans Sunday following a game against the Carolina Panthers. After speaking with the individuals involved, we have confirmed that the post-game interaction between Jeff Lamberth, Trip Sutter, and Mike Evans did not evolve a request by game officials for an autograph. Where the do NFL, I sign? The NFL said Tuesday. Yes. Okay. As it turns out, according to the CBA or CG, whatever it's called, the collective bargaining agreement, <laughs> right? Um, officials cannot solicit players, Mm-mm. coaches, et cetera, for autographs. As it turns out, um, <laughs> Evans and the side judge, Lamberth, both went to Texas A&M, so they knew each other. And Lamberth didn't have a pen and paper, so he turned to the other ref, Sutter, and he said, can you give me a pen and paper? I need to write down, I need to have Evans write down his number because he needs golf lessons, and I'm going to introduce him to the the pro at my club. So that's what it was all about. He was not getting an autograph. He was actually getting Evans' phone number. So... Evans could take golf lessons in the offseason. You know, golf wades everywhere. Even in the middle of an NFL game day, <laughs> guys are looking for help with their game. You That's know, right. there's no doubt about it. Maybe it's just me, but Evans should have been thinking about that 64-yard pass that he dropped for Brady <laughs> first quarter. But maybe. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right. Um, one more quick one here. Let's see. Man, we have a... You have, you wrote a lot of these today. Uh, oh, the Pro Show playlist in 2009. Okay. We got to do this one. All right. Little pop culture. Oh, yes. The Phillies are in the World Series for the first time in 13 years. If we go back to then, what would the Pro Show playlist have sounded like? Here's the fall top 10 songs on the Billboard charts from the week of the World Series in 2009. All right. Number 10, Empire State of Mind. Number nine, Use Somebody by Kings of Leon. Number eight, Obsessed by Mariah Carey. Number seven, You Belong With Me, Taylor. Taylor Swift is still 13 years later. Oh, man. Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. Five. Right here. I got a feeling, right? Hopefully they have a feeling in Philly. All right. Number four, What You Say by Jason Derulo. Number three, Run This Town. Second Jay-Z song there on the on the list. Number two. Oh, man. Come on, Miley. Party in the USA. Number one, Down by Jay and Sean featuring Lil Wayne. Um, you know, you know what? I think back to 2009. Who won that World Series, Wayne? I think it was the Yankees. Oh, man. And that's your Pro Show update for the week ending October 28th, 2022. Of course, many thanks to our sponsors, the New Jersey Golf Foundation. We will see them next week at the Inspiration Range. Of course, TaylorMade Golf 
and my producer Wade Weezer on the board. We thank Dean Campbell and of course, of course, my listeners. Before I go, I'm going to leave you all one brief thought about effectiveness. The secret to getting things done is focus. Limit distractions and the accomplishments will pile up. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.